Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new episode. So this episode today is actually something that came up in my DMs recently and I thought it would make a great podcast episode. So let me actually just share the message that I was sent. So it says, hi, Danny, I've been following you for a while now. And I remember you once referring to yourself as having a good girl mentality, which I totally resonate with. I feel like it's holding me back because I've always been the good girl. And a large part of my identity has been based on pleasing others and doing the right thing, even when it didn't really feel like the right thing for me. I'd love your guidance on this as I want to make sure I walk forward on my entrepreneurship journey and do so whilst being true to who I really am rather than just trying to appease others. So the good girl then, this is just actually one of the many masks or identities we may adopt that don't necessarily reflect who we really are. But sometimes we have been this way for so long. So for example, feeling like this good girl for so long that we just assume that this is actually how we are, who we are. And why so many of us, I believe, get to a point in adult life where we feel very lost, very confused about who we are, about what we really want in life is because for the majority of our lives, we are wearing a mask. And the good girl mask is one of those masks. And like most masks that we wear, whether it's, you know, the good girl identity, the rebel, the class clown, the purpose of these masks is ultimately the same. So what these masks do is they serve to help us avoid some sort of pain. And most of the time, this pain actually begins in childhood. So when we experience some sort of pain, maybe it's feeling like our needs aren't being met properly. Maybe it's being around explosive parents as a child. Maybe it's being around absent parents or parents that, um, you know, aren't very present for you emotionally. Whatever it is, the masks we create, it's like a front this front that we put on to convince ourselves that everything is fine it's almost like a self-soothing mechanism as a child to convince us you know everything's okay you know we've got this mask on it's kind of like our comfort blanket our safety blanket masks we wear become these protective blankets our survival mechanism which ultimately shields us from the pain we experience predominantly in childhood now the good girl mask is a common one that many women adopt and this mask is all about getting the approval and acceptance of others, ple- pleasing others, always wanting to do the right thing for others, but often at the cost of her own needs or desires. So the good girl feels safe and secure when she's getting external approval when she is liked. And this can then lead to a low sense of worth because deep down, she knows she's wearing a mask. She's filling the role of the good girl as this is what feels safe. But the praise and acceptance that the good girl receives while she is wearing this mask, it reinforces that this is who you have to be. 
So it ends up being that the only way she feels like she will be accepted in life is by continuing to wear this mask. And then as the years pass, she actually forgets she's wearing the mask at all. The mask she wears becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, you know, I am the good girl. Rather than kind of seeing yourself as just adopting this identity as a survival mechanism, we start to really relate with this identity. I am that good girl. So this was definitely something I experienced within my work life. So from my early years working at school all the way through to working in the corporate world, I wore the good girl mask where everything I did was for the acceptance and validation of others. And the result was that wherever I did, I just never felt good enough. And this wasn't because I didn't believe my efforts weren't good enough. You know, I would often feel pride in what I'd done or accomplished. I was pleased with myself for my work and my efforts. I never felt good enough because the hunger for external validation and acceptance was never fully met. So the problem with relying on acceptance of others is that it may be that no matter what we do, our efforts often go unnoticed or unrecognized. So I've heard this so many times with Um, clients that I've worked with where they're in the corporate world and they're climbing that corporate career ladder and they feel that it doesn't really matter how well they perform, it never feels like it's quite good enough. Often their efforts will go unrecognised or unnoticed. And again, this kind of then leads them into this battle where they're constantly trying to prove themselves by just doing more and working harder. So this work actually comes into a lot of the work I do around feminine leadership. Or then the other thing is, is sometimes we perhaps do receive praise. So maybe we do something and, you know, we're we're given that praise that we're looking for. But the feeling we get from praise is often so short-lived. You know, we have that praise, we receive it and we feel good. But that feeling good lasts momentarily. And then we're right back to where we started again, thinking of other ways that we can claim back that feeling of acceptance. Now, I've worked with many clients who've identified with this good girl identity. And something I've also recognized that is quite common is actually being praised for being invisible, praised for staying quiet or the willingness to tolerate poor treatment. So I've had a number of clients who've explained that they are or they've been rejected or perhaps even abandoned when they've said no or their desire for autonomy is ashamed. So maybe it's a client in an adult life, in a relationship, she's sort of put her foot down to certain things and said no to certain things, or, you know, asserted her authority. And it's been met with abandonment. The partner's gone and said, well, actually, I don't want this anymore. They've then exited the relationship. So it can often be then with this good girl and identity that they will have this feeling of pressure to perform. Um, Another example of this is actually a client of mine who she came to the realization that she didn't feel valued for who she really was, but for the function she actually performed within her family. So again, it all comes back to this pressure to perform. So in this situation, she was always the person who her family members would turn to with their problems. And so for years, she listened She was empathetic. She was understanding. She was always the peacekeeper. She kind of kept her own opinions to herself. So she'd never really give her true judgment. Instead, she would just tell her family members what she felt like they needed to hear. She really wanted to keep that peace. 
And then it really got to a point where she just felt completely exhausted by all of it. And during our time working together, one of the things we were really working on was reinforcing adequate boundaries. And the response of those, to those boundaries that she implemented were not met well with her family members. So her sister ended up actually telling her that she was being selfish for not sticking up for her during an argument with her mother. And what this really meant for my client was my approval of you, so the sister's approval of my client, my approval of you depends on how much you're available to help me to deal with my own dramas. So it was almost like once her, once my client stopped being there for her sister, stopped getting involved in the drama, stopped trying to be the peacekeeper, stopped, you know, um, being that emotional caretaker. Once my client stepped down as that role, it felt like all of a sudden her family members started to turn on her. So she felt rejected by her family. You know, for years, she felt like she'd been trapped in this cycle of, you know, needing to be there because she felt like she needed to be there in order to be liked and to help avoid conflict. So often when setting firm boundaries, there can be a backlash. And this is something to really be mindful of when we start to step away from that good girl identity. If other people in our life have been able to take advantage of this identity for a long time, it may be that when we shift, when we start to drop that mask, there could be a little bit of backlash to deal with. And this was exactly what happened in my client's situation. Her boundaries were viewed as a personal attack, as an overreaction. But reinforcing those boundaries is how you take your power back because you are no longer then at the mercy of somebody else's approval. Okay, if you're constantly looking for the acceptance of others or appeasing your behavior to ultimately be accepted and loved by others, you know, you're handing over your power to somebody that's outside of you. Now, when we wear these masks, we need to remember that it isn't really who we are. These are just masks. And as such, there's always going to be this acceptance void. So this is why it often feels like no matter how much we do, no matter how much we try and please others, we never feel not enough. And this is why the good girl will often struggle with things like low self-worth, low self-esteem, because there's always that feeling of not enoughness. And there's also going to be this feeling of, okay, well, we may have been accepted whilst we're wearing the mask. But if it's not our true self that's receiving acceptance, you know, we need to remember that it isn't really our true self. It's our good girl identity. It's the girl who works hard, the girl who's productive, the girl who conforms to expectations, the girl who makes others look good, the girl who sacrifices her own needs. This is the one that's getting the acceptance. But what the good girl wants, what she really wants is to be loved without that mask, to be loved when she's being lazy, to be loved when she gets angry when she refuses to conform, when she disappoints somebody. She wants to be loved when she can't be bothered to, you know, make polite small talk or, you know, try and be the peacekeeper. And what's really interesting is that we often deeply want to be loved by others when we aren't wearing the mask. Yet wearing the mask is often the only way we are able to truly love ourselves. And so this is where self-love really comes into play because self-love means to love the real you you know the you even in your not so finest moments the you when you're not wearing that mask of the good girl so the love you are able to receive from others is mirrored in the love that you give yourself so if we really want to lose the good girl identity and trust we will still be accepted 
it starts with loving ourselves without the mask too. So the degree to which we can love ourselves for our real selves, the more we can then demand that of others as well. Now, what often comes into play when working with clients who have adopted these masks, especially the good girl, the good girl identity, is mother wound healing. So the dynamics of the mother-daughter relationship often feed into this good girl identity. Now, I, I really want to point out here that you could have a really great relationship with your mother and still have a mother wound. So for a long time, I didn't really want to dig into mother wound healing for myself as I really felt guilty. It felt like I was inadvertently telling my mom, you weren't a good enough mother. And what I needed to remind myself, though, was that our parents, they often did the best with what they had. And they are also a product of their own childhood experiences. They did the best they could. And their best was actually their ceiling. And their ceiling then becomes our floor. So as we then raise our next generation, we are, you know, we're starting from that higher point. Now, mother wound healing, though, is a reminder. It's not about blaming our mothers. Okay, we're not here to say they did this wrong. What we're doing by taking on mother wound healing is we are taking radical responsibility for our own healing and acknowledging that our childhood did play a role in who we are today without any sort of blame or, you know, judgment on our mothers. Now, something that came up for me in my own mother wound healing was recognizing that my mother depended on me a lot when I was younger. So I was the eldest. So, you know, I was the one that when my father was working away a lot, I was the one that got to stay up with my mom. You know, we'd watch films late at night. I was always the one that got to sleep in her bed. And this made me feel special. It made me feel important. And to keep in her good books, I wanted to keep showing up as who she wanted me to be. So anything she praised me for, I would double down on it. So I was often praised for being really independent and really mature for my age. I was praised for working hard. So these things have formed my good girl identity. Now, my mum was always about tough love. So I wasn't really allowed to get upset about things. If I was sad about something, it was just almost like, well, that's life. You just have to get on with it. Um, I wasn't really allowed to kind of get sad for too long or dwell on my emotions. You know, I was told I was being too dramatic if I, you know, got really upset about something. It was like, let's just get on with it. And, you know, in my mum's eyes, she thought this was doing me a favour. You know, she was teaching me resilience and, you know, getting me to just get on with things and take action and just be a doer. And she taught me that I always just had to be strong and essentially hide what I was feeling. Now, whatever parts of me or things, you know, within me that I recognised my mum didn't like too much or things that my mum wanted to avoid, so talking about feelings or embracing emotions, for example, I avoided them too. So again, it was this wanting to be accepted, wanting to have my, the way I showed up validated. So my whole identity became about doing things or avoiding things in order to please my mum. So often this good girl identity really runs deep. And it's not just simply a case of letting go of the mask, taking the mask off, because ultimately we wore that mask because in childhood, that was our way of feeling safe, of feeling secure. Wearing the mask was ultimately derived 
where we derived our love from. Okay, so for us to feel like we were truly loved and truly prote- protected from our primary caregiver, often we felt like we needed to wear that mask in order to have that acceptance. And remember the things that happen in those early childhood years, especially between the ages of naught to seven, are so deeply ingrained within our subconscious mind that they do start to form a part of our identity. It's not just a belief system, it is a part of our identity. So it's not just a case of, okay, well, I take this mask off because that's almost to say I need to actually change who I am or who I've believed myself to be for the majority of my life. It can feel very, very vulnerable to actually get to a stage and say, I want to take off this mask because we've perhaps never known ourselves to be any other way. And then we start to kind of be drawn back into those childhood experiences, not necessarily consciously remembering them. This is all perhaps happening at a subconscious level. And why we perhaps cling to these masks and identities for so long is because deep down we believe that if I take this this mask off, who's going to love me? Am I going to be rejected? Am I going to be accepted? You know, am I going to be criticized or shamed if I take this mask off? So it's all of these subconscious things that are bubbling below the surface, why we end up keeping ourselves in the same cycles of I've got to be the good girl in order to succeed I've got to be the good girl you know in life this is just who I am now the good girl can manifest itself in a number of different ways but for me personally it was overperforming, overfunctioning, and feeling completely depleted emotionally mentally physically spiritually as a result Um, and I would do that within my work I would do that with with anything basically that I put my focus and energy onto it was this constant feeling of this isn't enough I could do better I could do more and kind of constantly again coming back to that good girl mentality it was very much subconsciously tied back to wanting to please my mother Um, It can also manifest itself as um, a difficulty in setting boundaries. So struggling to say no, um, struggling to kind of put your own needs first. Again, kind of that people pleasing mentality. Um, It may be a difficulty in actually speaking your truth or actually asking for what you want. Um, You know, sometimes the good girl, again, was perhaps pleased, um, sorry, praised rather for being quiet, for, you know, just being timid, being in the corner and perhaps was given praise for that. Oh, look how good she is. Look how quietly she just sits there. And I've actually heard this language being used with parents in, you know, the the circle of parent friends that I have where they'll sort of praise the child who literally just sits there and is really good and really quiet and doesn't really say much and just easy, basically. So again, it's kind of them reinforcing, like, this is who I need to be in order to be accepted or loved. But as an adult, that can then translate into, I can't speak up. I can't perhaps, you know say what's on my mind if it's going to rock the boat. Um, I don't really want to ask for what I want because I don't want to be seen as being too demanding or being too much. One way I've seen the good girl identity show up in a client was um, the overconsumption. So whether that's overconsumption of food, overconsumption of spending, under-earning, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to fill that void of not-enoughness. So it's almost like we have these... um, patterns of self-sabotage as a way to um, distract ourselves from what we're really feeling because deep down we don't feel like our true selves is enough we're being forced to wear this mask and we can't take this mask off because if we were we wouldn't be accepted Um, it might be attracting under-functioning 
partners um, or friends, people who actually over rely on you. Being the good girl sort of reinforces this um, dynamic within a relationship because as a good girl, we want to be there for others. We put others' needs before ourselves. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll listen to the friend. We'll give them advice. We'll kind of nod and agree with them. And we're kind of there to um, emotionally support them, but often then at the cost of our own emotional needs. Um, something that I found has very much been prevalent in my entrepreneurial journey is this real desire to want to shop in the world and be really authentic as a way to kind of connect with my audience and to build my brand authentically. But the fear that is kind of weaved into that is that, well, maybe others will reject me. Um, you know, maybe I won't be liked if I take off this good girl mask and be who I really am and, um, you know, show up in the world who I'm meant to actually be. So that fear of rejection can really hold women back, um, I think, especially in the coaching space. So if you're kind of resonating with any of these things, as I mentioned, mother wound healing is often a big thing that's um, involved in trying to let go of that mask. But the result of it is that... Being able to strip ourselves of this good girl identity, identity is that we are, first of all, we're able to just fully listen to our own needs. We're able to prioritize ourselves, honor our needs without that feeling of guilt. We can start to really speak up for ourselves, speak up for what we actually want in life, speak our truth. You know, if somebody's wronged us, we feel bold enough to actually speak up against being wronged rather than just shying away in the corner. Um, you know, we actually ask for what we want, um, you know, without being fearful of being rejected for it. For me, a big thing was my ability to do less, to accept myself and what I'm producing and not have this constant need to validate myself by doing more, by working harder, by showing up more. Um, and then as a result, I've really been able to honour my own energetic needs. Now, what I'd like to do for this final part is actually give you some practical guidance to kind of really sort of dig into this good girl identity a little bit deeper. So if you want to press the pause button, you can grab a journal, grab a pen, um, and I've got some questions that you may want to journal on. So first of all, in what relationships, so maybe friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships, what relationships are you praised for downplaying yourself. So what I mean by this is, you know, um, downplaying your abilities, perhaps shying away from taking the limelight, keeping yourself small. Again, this feeds into this good girl identity because it's like, okay, if I just kind of stay quiet, stay small, then I'm not going to rock the boat. It's this avoidance of conflict. This is really how the good girl, you know, shows up in the world wanting to kind of keep the peace. Um, and as a result, we kind of keep ourselves playing small. So that's one question to ask yourself. Another question is, in what way do I believe if I am playing the role of, you know, the good girl? So the good friend, the, the good daughter, the good partner, where I'm really accommodating somebody else's emotional needs is somehow altruistic. So, you know, this is me doing good in the world if I can sacrifice my own needs for the sake of somebody else. In what way do you believe that to be true? Are there situations where you just feel like you cannot be yourself? You don't feel safe being who you authentically are. Um, perhaps you don't feel safe to really express what your actual needs are, what you're actually feeling. Then also journal about 
what relationships do you have where they are kind of performing quite well? Um, you know, they are functional relationships just because you are holding yourself back. So you're not asserting your worth. You're not asserting your needs. So it may be, again, like a family relationship where you are constantly there for somebody else and you have a great relationship, but that's only coming at the cost of what you really need. So where do you see that happen in your life where you have perhaps these relationships, but they're kind of reliant on you sacrificing yourself in order for that relationship to really work? And then when it comes to really trying to flip the narrative of this good girl identity, start thinking about where is it now my time to declare my non-negotiables in life? Really kind of state my boundaries, what I want, what I'm not willing to compromise on, you know, what are those non-negotiables for you? Um, What are you no longer willing to tolerate as a way to preserve your sense of worth? behaviors of others are you no no longer willing to tolerate or you know try to appease now I'd love to know if you resonate with this good girl identity come and say hello to me on Instagram at Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching or maybe you've recognized you wear a different kind of mask a different kind of identity again it doesn't matter what mask we wear we do so because we feel like it will keep us safe but stripping ourselves of these masks of these identities is the most liberating thing that we can do and for me it's one of the biggest acts of self-love um now if you have any recommendations of topics you'd like me to cover on this podcast again say hello on instagram danny underscore watson underscore coaching i'd love to hear from you if you are watching this or listening to this rather on the day it's released you can also head over to my instagram to find out the details of a valentine's day giveaway that i am hosting so all of my All of the details for that are shared on my recent Instagram posts. Again, if you are listening to this um, in the run up to Valentine's Day, have a wonderful, wonderful week and a wonderful Valentine's Day, ladies, as well. Um, And I will catch you on the next episode. Bye, ladies. If you are wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.